0: This is lifetime sentence the podcast where we watch bad lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction
1: new computer new life i'm super excited i've been yeah. playing
0: with it all day i bet i would be too so how's your day So I got this gift certificate for like a really nice pizza place from my office. And so I took my son today. We had like a nice pizza uh, afternoon and then I came home. I started cleaning out like my closets and stuff for the move. And uh, now I'm looking at vacation spots for the summer. Where are we going? Um, I think we might go to Myrtle beach. Okay. It all depends on whether, so if we, can get a good flight. We'll we'll go to Myrtle Beach, but um, if not, we'll either if we have to drive, we'll either go to Gulf Shores or we'll go just to like Rockport or Port A. Gotcha. Yeah, but I I've never been to Myrtle Beach, so I really like to go. I have, All those other places I've been, so
1: I have not been to any of those places to be honest
0: um it looks like fun i i would like to take my son somewhere that i've also never been right yeah that i think it would be fun so we'll see but if it doesn't work out it just is it's fine i will be s- if i plop him on a beach anywhere he'll be fine
1: right <laughs> i would say i'm not particularly well traveled but that's not the case i've just been like i've been in new york four times and some of it yeah. has been for work and some of it has not mm-hmm. maybe five times now and um a lot of places I've been for work that are really cool, but yeah. um, people who like actually travel for work often tell me that it's not the same because you don't get to see the places, and I'm getting yeah. that now.
0: Yeah, I don't, yeah, this is going to be strictly for pleasure. Um, I, I enjoy traveling for work. I did go, well, I went to Scottsdale uh last year. Um, that was not my best trip, but it was okay. Um, but yeah, you don't get I to see... for that trip. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to see anything. Like, you're basically in the hotel or, like, in an office or something the whole time you're there. So,
1: um, so I'm checking our levels, and it looks like my mm-hmm. microphone is finally, like, communicating with this computer well. Yay! And, uh, so I'm really pumped. Like, I know it's a ridiculous thing to be excited about, but I love technology. And this brand new computer is like beautiful.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Someday I'll get a new computer. I I don't know. Like I say that, but I'm much more like if I won the lottery tomorrow, I well, I would wait till my son graduated from high school obviously, but I would I would not buy a house. I would buy like, or not, yeah, I would buy like a small, um, condo. Right. And then I would use all the rest of the money to travel. I would just go.
1: No, I would make you start paying for our Adobe license to record. (laughs) You could still use my teacher discount, but you could pay for it. (laughs) Yay. So when, um, Adobe, like when the suite first came out, you could pay like $1,000 and it was yours forever or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it's a monthly license fee, which I think is better because you just always get to have the latest software without having to buy it again. Yeah. But if we weren't recording a podcast every week, I don't know that it would be worth it for the amount of Photoshop that I use. Yeah. So... What I'm telling you is even if we get to be podcasters full time, I can't stop teaching because the price of Adobe doubles the minute I stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it just depends.
1: <laughs> um so I, patreon.com no.
0: <laughs> Do not have a Patreon. Don't direct people to Patreon. Don't donate to other people's Patreon. Donate to our future Patreon. Yes, just start save putting your the money pennies. aside. Let it keep earning interest until we decide to, like, get off our ass and do something. That's
1: exactly right.
0: <laughs> All right. So um, you want to talk so, about this
1: awful story?
0: Yeah. Oh, hey, I,
1: real quick. Welcome
0: to Lifetime Sentence. I'm Paul. I'm Erin. Hey, guys. Okay. I will start out by just saying I hated this movie. I hated it. I will not be giving you a drink pairing to watch this movie because I don't think you should watch it.
1: Oh, good. Because I'm not casting it either.
0: This story is horrible. This movie was terrible. I literally had to turn it off in the middle and walk away because I was so pissed. If I recall
1: right, Abigail Breslin was in this movie. Is that correct?
0: She is. Yes. At least it had a good
1: actress. I don't know who else was in it.
0: Actually, it had quite a few good actors and, act- well, actor and actresses because it was actually widely released. Oh, uh, or actually, limited like, limited release, um, but it did have like a a, a theater release. So oh, this, really? This played in theaters. Uh huh.
1: I don't think I like that. <laughs>
0: um. So this, I think the lifetime version was a little bit janky because it. Um, it cut out a lot of words. There were a lot of F-bombs and stuff. And I think it may have even cut out a couple of scenes, but I'm not really sure. And if I had had more time, I would have just downloaded the full version and watched it, but I didn't. So sorry.
1: So, <laughs> I think you're staying true to format. You have uh, yeah. an hour and 27 minutes to cover.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. So we're just going to do this. I just, I hated this movie. So sorry. <laughs> um, this movie is called perfect sisters it had like i said a limited theater release april 11th of 2014 it stars abigail breslin her name is sandra in the movie but we're just going to call her abigail because
1: sounds
0: good to me yeah um if you don't know who she is she was in little miss sunshine uh a movie called definitely maybe with uh Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Yes, Reynolds. And then she was in that horrible, awful, dirty dancing remake last year.
1: Uh, we don't talk about that. She no. was Helen Keller in the last revival of The Miracle Worker Oh, on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. She took a lot of flack because they didn't hire a blind and deaf actress to f- take that spot.
0: I. But how many... Like honest question, how many blind and deaf actors are there?
1: Yeah, that's the that's basically the question that came up when that was the yeah the issue. And she's a very talented actress, so I'm sure she did the, she the part well.
0: Yeah, I, she, there's nothing against any of the acting in this movie. The story is horrible. Um, Georgie Henley. Uh, she plays Beth, and I just call her the younger sister throughout, although I want to try to correct myself. Um, <laughs> she was in the Chronicles of Narnia, like all those movies. Which one is she? Lucy. Oh, she's really good, too. Mm-hmm. She's Yeah, she is. Uh, yeah, they had some legit actors. Uh, the mom is played by uh, Mira Sorvino.
1: Tell me what she's in. I've probably seen her.
0: Romey and Michelle High Romy yeah. and Michelle's High School Reunion. That's movie. what I thought, too. She won an Oscar also for a movie called Mighty Aphrodite. Yes, mm-hmm. you've just listed a whole bunch of things I've seen. I know, I'm so proud. Confetti cannons for everyone. The only time that ever happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Glad the story's awful.
0: Um. Uh. The last is uh, James Russo, who plays Steve, the boyfriend. Um. He was in Django Unchained. Okay. Uh. Donnie Brasco, and then Beverly Hills Cop. Gotcha. Well. Okay. Mira Servino also brings us my new favorite segment, Pornhub or TV? Yes! (laughs) She was in a um, movie called Tales of Erotica. Absolutely Cinemax After Dark. It was released as a television movie in Germany. So I'm going to say probably after dark because I think Germany probably has more lax uh
1: they allow nipples on tv
0: there yeah see yeah that would be some after dark things I'm, right here
1: I get I said that like it was 100% law I have no fucking clue
0: <laughs> sure okay then yes. actually and that would be that would just be premium cable you have to buy HBO for that there we go um <laughs> but it was a, a tv show movie it's billed as a comedy And I actually went and watched the trailer on tvguide.com and it's very odd. So we're going to link to that in the blog this week. Yes. I think instead of watching this movie, just watch this trailer for Tales of Erotica. It's much funnier. Okay. Do I have to do this?
1: Make it fast. (laughs) I'm just going to speak without breathing so I can get through my part as quickly as possible because I hate this.
0: (sighs) Okay. Okay. So we open at the beach and not like a nice one, like a dirty one, right? Galveston. A wave. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe <laughs> a wave is watching over a starfish and like a, like a little girl hand reaches down to pick up the starfish, but then it cuts to like a kite in the sky. Um, you see like home movies with a voiceover about how it was always quote, my sister and me against the big bad world. Okay. Cut to present day, and there is a station wagon pulling a U-Haul. It is um, mom, Mira Sorvino, two teenage girls, so Abigail Breslin and Beth, and then a younger brother whose name is Bobby. Um, The mom is in the car. She's like, you're going to really dig our new crib oh mom yeah Um, i'm rolling my eyes for the teenagers she says it will be kick ass beautiful and the younger sister beth is like can you please not do that
2: i'm with you beth
0: Mm -hmm. um the little boy like pipes up from the back and he's like can i go live with my dad (laughs) (laughs) so just so you know it's not gonna go well (laughs) um once they get there and park, Abigail Breslin uh, tackles her sister in the yard and they start goofing off, talking about building the, quote, perfect mother, which turns Mira Sorvino into first a cool mom in a red leather jacket, telling the girls to do much less unpacking and much more shopping. Duh. And then she turns into another mom in, like, a sweater and gives them strawberry cupcakes and then she turns into like a librarian mom, a yoga, te- a yoga teacher mom, not a yogurt you... <laughs> teacher.
1: <laughs> I was like, man, that is some progressive parenting yeah. there. Yogurt a, teaching.
0: A yoga teacher mom, a businesswoman mom, a crazy dog lady mom, and finally into a weird Stepford mom who apologizes to them for making them move there.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, that's, uh, all of those are every teenager's dreams. No yeah. matter what you are, you're the wrong mom.
0: Yeah. So then for no discernible reason, this is the first time I realized this movie is going to be horrible. The brother comes over and his hamster apparently had babies while they were on the road trip. But the mom hamster killed all the babies and they show the dead hamster babies. Why? (laughs) Oh, no. I was like, I was like, mom hamsters eat
1: their babies. I knew that fact. And then when you said they showed it, I was like, oh, look at. Yeah,
0: they show it. There's like dead hamster babies. I need it's the really Dr. Sarah
1: noise just to plug in sometimes.
0: <laughs> 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 that was the best. Um, so I put here that they it must have originally run some place else because they censor out a lot of words, but I already talked about that. Um there's a cute montage of the girls unpacking um while Mira Sorvino is at work. Um later they dress up um like what teenage girls think is sexy, but is actually more towards like pretty woman before her makeover. Okay. Mm -hmm. Abigail Breslin is a senior in high school. And she will tell us that many times that she is a senior. Oh, good. She's a senior. She is a senior. What grade is she in? She's a senior. I I missed (laughs) it. (laughs) Um she says quote if you're going to win a Nobel Prize an Oscar and a Pulitzer a Pulitzer <laughs> I'm trying to breeze through this cuz i hated this movie so much and it's good. I got to stop okay if you're going to win a Nobel Prize <laughs> stop <laughs> i said nothing
1: But I said it in high def. Thank you, computer.
0: Okay. Let's try this one more time. If you're going to win a Nobel Prize, an Oscar, and a Pulitzer. You
1: did it again! (laughs) A
0: Nobel Prize,
1: an Oscar, and a Pulitzer. I will do this. Third time's the charm. You got this. Take a running start.
0: <laughs> now I just can't hear it any other way. Okay, if you're going to win, <laughs> if you're going to win a Nobel Prize, an Oscar, and a Pulitzer, senior year is when you really have to start bringing it.
1: End yeah. quote. Dakota Fanning knows that for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm super confused about her career path and what's going to allow her to win all three of these awards, but she has goals, so I'm proud. Uh, If
1: she's a writer, you could get all three of those things because you could write for screen. You could get a Nobel Peace Prize, Mm. Uh, like depending on your work as a humanitarian, and then Pulitzer's win like our are based yes. on writing so i know what
0: pulitzers are i know i just I'm can't s- say them <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't
1: sure after that fiasco Yeah, oh
0: god okay um her younger sister beth who is just a junior they point out
2: oh man
0: dyes her hair black so i'm so glad you said that because it ties to my notes okay um, they go to school and Abigail reminds everyone again that she's a senior. No way.
1: Like the other seniors at her school
0: who've gone to yeah. school with her their whole lives. hmm The guidance counselor is wearing a button that says, quote, hip-hop spoken here.
1: No.
2: Since
0: you're since you're a teacher, I figured you'd love that I, little fact.
1: I'm going to wear that button every fucking day.
0: That would be amazing. Please do. <laughs> um... <laughs> So Abigail goes to her brother's parent-teacher conference because her mom has to, quote, work. Beth points out that she's definitely not going to work, but Abigail goes anyway um, to the conference. Okay. The next morning, the kids get up and they're getting ready to go to school, and um, is at the kitchen table still drinking.
1: She is going hard.
0: Yeah, Abigail takes her drink and throws it down the drain and then yells at her that she has a family and that this is not acceptable behavior.
1: My mom did that when I was addicted to Starbucks.
0: Well, again, this is the kid telling the mom. Which made me feel bad for calling her a pre-makeover pretty woman, but yeah, I still call them like I see them.
1: I know what's coming and I'm just trying to make things lighthearted.
0: Mira cries and apologizes for being such a fuck up. Um, Abigail hugs her and says she believes in her and they can get through it together. Um, later, the girls go to the, a party and um, Beth's boyfriend tells her that if she doesn't like the way things are, to change them, which is foreshadowing. Right. Um, then I slipped into my very first rage blackout of Minnie during this movie because they come home from the party and the younger brother is on the floor playing with a vibrator. Oh, my
1: God! What? what? I was not ready, Lord Jesus!
0: Are you sure that you did not lose the game, Pornhub, or TV? I am positive. Um, the mom is drunk. She's, like, sitting next to him while he plays with a sex toy.
1: Like you do. Keep yourself entertained. Here's Magic Mike.
0: Um, She... They yell at her, of course. And so she gets mad and locks herself in the bathroom and tries to cut her wrists.
1: The mom does? Yeah. So this is a 17-year-old raising a 16-year-old and a 15-year-old.
0: This is... No. Okay. So <laughs> Abigail Breslin is the 17-year-old. She's raising the 16-year-old and the 7-year-old brother and also her 40-something-year-old mother. Right. Her
1: mom's the 17-year-old. She's the 16-year-old.
0: No. Her mom's not seventeen. Her mom. Is, she acts it. She may she, no seventeen year olds don't even act like this. This is beyond. Um, so while Abigail is cleaning up her mom, um, the Stepford mom vision shows up again in the background, and it's super creepy. Um, next, it's Thanksgiving. Oh. Mira is looking better, and she makes a toast with water about how grateful she is to have all of them. And then she announces that she was laid off at her job and she asks for a loan from the extended family in attendance at the Thanksgiving dinner table.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. I didn't mean to laugh.
0: It was super. I felt awkward just watching it. I was like, this is awful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The family (laughs) declines. So um, after they leave, Mira starts finishing all of the wine on the table Beth walks in just in time to see all of this and says, well, now it's a normal Thanksgiving. Wow. Um, Abigail is walking down the street with a boy she's been friends with uh, for a long time. And he tells her he has a huge crush on her. Um, She shoots him down and then says that he really doesn't want to get involved with someone like her. Um, She then meets her sister on the rooftop and says that she overheard uh, their mom on the phone with her new boyfriend And he's going to help with the rent. Okay. Cut to the boyfriend coming over to pick Mira up for a date. If I had to describe him in one word, that word would be gross. Oh, good. Okay. But the girls bake him a brownie. And this is where I feel like there was something cut out because it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Um, They just give him this brownie and he eats it. It's really weird. Um. The next morning, the younger sister, Beth, gets up and runs into him in the hallway. And again, I feel like something was cut out here because there was clearly some kind of assault in the hallway, but it was very, like, weird. The way it was cut together was weird, so I think it, they cut something out. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if he hit her or... So, I don't know. Um, and then it's Christmas. Oh, man. Timeshare
1: flies when you're not sure what the fuck is going on anymore.
0: Thank God. Um, Mira is toasting with wine this time to family and having, quote, a real man around the house. They cut immediately to New Year's and Mira is singing uh, karaoke uh, all links in, in her lingerie while her boyfriend drinks whiskey and a party hat.
1: This sounds like my kind of party.
0: The girls come home. And the boyfriend tries to grab grab Beth around the waist, but she pushes him away. Yeah,
1: um, I, don't, I don't like that.
0: Next. Oh, you're really going to not like this.
1: Nope, I'm already gone. I'm leaving the room. You finish your story without me.
0: <laughs> next, the girls come home on Valentine's Day with their little brother in tow. And the mom and her boyfriend are fucking on the floor.
1: <laughs> okay, so... In college, I had a history of really awful roommates, but my very first roommate in college. um, So just to set the scene, I was 18 years old. I had become a Christian exactly six months ago, and I was in that like straight and narrow, you can't say anything wrong, and you know like i wasn't uh-huh. i wasn't super judgy of people i never really have been but i had i was that like i can't do anything wrong cuz i'm going to go straight to the depths of hell kind of <laughs> southern baptist <laughs> mindset oh lord um, okay and i uh and and my roommate had lots and lots and lots and lots of sex and good for him i guess but just like maybe warn me and don't let me walk in on it all the time, just knock on the door. Um, yeah, yeah, anything. Text me. Um, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Um, but one night I had a migraine. In fact, I'd gone to the doctor and like had gotten medicine, and I'd left them on the counter in the kitchen,
0: mm-hmm. and passed
1: out in my bed. And I woke up and I needed to take some medicine, and I opened the door. And he's fucking on the floor in the living room. And I was like, oh, God! And I shrieked. And (gasps) she tries to get up and cover up. And he goes, no, baby, it's cool. He sees it all the time.
0: (laughs) Which. (laughs) Uh, Okay, if I was having sex with a guy for the first time second i don't know i don't know if they were in a relationship i don't know i'd never seen her before and i'd (laughs) seen it all the time so so but i'm gonna guess that he hasn't always been with her when this has happened if he has to tell her that you see it all the time no so that's not something i want to hear in the middle of my uh sexual experience
1: um nope uh so then he comes in and yells at me for leaving my medicine in the kitchen cuz I ruined his night. And I was like I'm running a 103 degree fever. What I care about right now is the fact that I ruined your night. Yes.
0: Um that's amazing. He finally
1: chilled out with it when towards like December of our freshman year he told me that he'd always thought he probably looked good while he was fucking and he wondered if I would sit in the closet with a camera and record him having sex with a girl so Shut. So he could play <laughs> it back and I was so tired of all of it that I went the thing is, listen um I, I think you're really hot and I'm afraid that I would have to join in if I were that close <laughs> to you with permission <laughs> And so, I just, I think it's probably best for both of us if I don't, because you don't seem like you're open to that. And he requested a new roommate, and I got a private room within a week.
0: (laughs) He probably told the school you were gay, so they couldn't give you another (laughs) room.
1: That's the good old South working in my favor for once.
0: I am deceased. Holy shit. That's the (laughs) best story I've ever fucking heard.
1: (laughs) And I think about him all the time and wonder like what his life turned out to be. But there's nothing I can do. I can't email him and ask him because he'll think I'm hitting on him again.
0: Oh my God. I am crying.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. <Okay. laughs>
0: that was the kind of comedy, comedic relief I needed right now. You're welcome.
1: Okay, so they're fucking on the floor.
0: Um, nothing happens. They just like the mom, like the the girls yell at the mom and she's all hammered. So she can't really do anything.
1: There wasn't a it's okay, baby. They see this all the time situation. No. Okay, good. <laughs>
0: The family then has poker night with the kids and their friends, and they all get drunk together.
1: The family that gets trashed together, hacks and slash. I'm done.
0: Yeah, didn't <laughs> think that one out very well. Um, the mom tells Abigail's friend during poker night how good the lawyer boyfriend is in bed. No, don't do that.
1: You're not. You're not
0: friends. It's really gross. Um. Okay, so this is another thing that I feel like they cut something out because something happens um, and Beth gets like super pissed and then the boyfriend gets super pissed um, but instead he breaks a bottle on the table and then storms out of the room. Okay. Um, Beth's boyfriend says his dad has a chainsaw that will cut through anything. A tree, a table, her mom, her mom's boyfriend, anything that she wants. Um, And I think that's how this is kind of born. Bragger. Yeah. Um, Hey,
1: he is married and is a successful coach now. So I'm happy for him. Good for him. My Facebook stalked him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I could tell. Um, Beth is on the phone with some kind of like hotline, like social work. I don't know. Um, But... The lady tells her she believes her, but without some kind of proof, they'll just look like girls that don't like their mom's new boyfriend. So to start documenting everything um, that's happening. So Beth gets frustrated and she hangs up. Like you do. The girls have dinner with their father and he says he doesn't have any legal rights when it comes to them. And then when they say that they can't live with their mom anymore, he says he can't help them because he has another family now.
1: What an asshole. Yeah. Like, they're still your children, you fucking piece Mm -hmm. of shit. Mm -hmm.
0: They go see their aunt, who um, tells them to support their mom and be patient. The boyfriend tries to, like, beat up the younger sister again, but Abigail comes in and throws him out of the house. Um, and so they think that this is it, like that he's going to be gone. Okay. Um, the girls are at school and one of their friends' parents are getting divorced. So naturally, um, the topic of life insurance comes up, you know, like regular high school conversation. That's all my friends and I talked about.
1: Right. Anytime a parent got divorced, that was the first question I asked, like, do they have life insurance? Cause that means death. Yeah. <laughs> Divorce girls, means death.
0: Mm-hmm. The girls mention their mom has $100,000 in life insurance. Um, Beth's boyfriend kind of freaks out because Beth is talking about this very flippantly. Okay. Um, and he asks her like if she's really talking about murdering her mom. And she's like, no, she's just kidding around. And so then they make out in the middle of the cafeteria.
1: That's what I do. When Sarah talks me off the ledge of murdering my parents, we make out in public. <laughs> yeah. um, also... I'm 31 years old, and I don't know if my parents have life insurance. I definitely didn't know at 16 or 17.
0: Yeah, I don't know if my parents do either, so, you know. Um, now, are
1: we wrong, or are they just super advanced?
0: They're just super advanced.
1: Okay, good.
0: Um, later, and you'll see this, because later they start a group chat. Titled, How to Kill Your Mother. Prepare to discuss. Um. Okay. Let, hmm. You remember our scrapbook episode? Do you? Okay, so they also spell your, you are.
1: Oh, that throws the cops off.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. And I put, because we have discussed at length, teenagers are fucking stupid. Okay,
1: <laughs> my notes say the same thing. Almost verbatim.
0: Here's what they come up with. Number one, lock her in the garage with the car running. But this won't work because they won't get an insurance payout for suicide. Okay. Also, like, they have Mira pretend to die in a fuming car while the kids sit in the backseat researching murder on a laptop. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even... And that's not even our lifetime edit of the week, so you're welcome. Um, Two, throw her down the stairs and say she was drunk. Um, They show the girls throwing Mira down the stairs and then laughing hysterically um, while the boyfriend points out over FaceTime that statistically this is a stretch for them. What they need is an owl. Oh, yes. Number three, set her on fire. For this one, they show the boyfriend lighting a cigarette and then putting it in Mira's hand while she sleeps. And then they pour vodka on her and the whole bed goes up in flames. What a that's waste how that of works. vodka.
1: For real. She's not Bananas Foster, y'all.
0: <laughs> they decide instead to get her drunk, make her take a bath and make it look like she drowned. But they come home and Mira is back together with the boyfriend and surprise, they're going to move in together.
1: Uh Let's maybe not do that one either.
0: Abigail flips out.
1: I think it's time for a new group chat called How to Not Let Your Mom Move In with a Psychopath.
0: For real. Um, Abigail flips out and says that she bathes her mother for fuck's sake and she sees the bruises. She knows her mom can see the way the boyfriend looks at her sister and she just doesn't understand her, her mother can be so fucking pathetic. And that's what she says. It's bleeped out, but that's what she says. Um, I
1: mean, good for her. Like, yeah. there comes a time when even as a child, you might need to make a stand.
0: Oh, for real. Yeah. Mm. Um, so the girls continue their murder research. They are literally in a classroom writing on a chalkboard about drowning.
1: I often leave my classroom open for anybody who needs to plot against their parents.
0: Yeah. A teacher walks in and the younger sister, Beth, who, by the way, as I said at the beginning, dyed her hair black. Right. She dresses kind of like a vampire. Not in a bad way. She's very goth, you know, very emo. Right. And she looks up and she goes, this is a glee club meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: that. Yes.
0: Um. So the boyfriend says he can take some um, Tylenol with coating from his mom and so they can give it to, her, you know, uh, Mira. Um, and the one friend, the, the one girlfriend with them tells er- them how she's told everyone in her homeroom class about their little murder club and everyone thinks it's super funny.
1: You probably need to get rid of her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> then, then the boyfriend says he wonders if they can get class credit for all the research that they've done
1: this is a prime example of why teenagers cannot be left unattended at any moment. Truth. Under no circumstance. Should you leave your teenager unattended?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this is the point where I had to turn the movie off. So just fair warning. The kids are playing like, um, Beth and Bobby, the little brother, are playing cards um, while Mira and her boyfriend are drunk and, like, being weird on the couch. The little brother knocks over a glass and the boyfriend, like, picks him up and punches him in the stomach and throws him across the room. No! He's seven years old. I I couldn't. I, I was so mad. I just. I, you didn't need to show that. I'm sorry. I understand. Like. I get artistic license, but oh, it was rough. Um, That's unacceptable. He he then breaks a lamp, throws a glass at the wall, and storms out. The mother, while the kids are comforting their little brother, who's seven years old and was just hit by a grown-ass man, the mother chases after her boyfriend.
1: Maybe they'll both get hit by a car,
0: and then they'll get the life insurance money. Ding, ding. No. So the girls decide they're actually going to go through with their little murder plot. They tell Bobby that he's going to spend the weekend with his dad. Okay. And he's super excited because, you know, Um, their friends are a little freaked out that they're actually going to do this. The boyfriend um, brings uh, Beth the pills and, like, reminds her that this is super fucked up. (laughs) Like,
1: you don't have to participate, buddy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The boy with a crush on Abigail stops by and she's like, hey, like now's not a good time. Um, she's doing some girl things with her sister, but he gets super pissed because she's been like screwing with his emotions. So he storms out. Okay. Um, Abigail is moping on the couch and the younger sister, Beth, thinks she's chickening out. So she starts to remind her of all the mother, all their mother's boyfriends who tried to crawl in the bed with them or hit them or were just terrible people. And it's very sad.
2: Uh-uh.
0: So later, they're getting their mother drunk, you know, like you do when you're trying to kill her.
1: Is that what you do? Um, I've, I've never never yeah. tried
0: to. Well, I haven't either. So I'm just assuming um, Beth and her boyfriend are texting about it because, of course, they are right. Duh. They pour her drinks and give her the pills for the headache. I assume she got while from drinking an entire handle of vodka.
2: Oh, my God. That's so much.
0: Yeah. And then they just start feeding her pills. And I want to feel sorry for the mom. And I think in the from what I read, this story, this movie, like, is very sympathetic on the girls and not so much on the mother. So, which is a little bit distorted. But um, the mom sits up and she's like, oh, my God, y'all never party with me.
2: Oh, uh-uh, uh-uh.
0: And then she calls the pills cute before shoving them all in her mouth. Oh, yeah, they're like Pez. Duh, Mom. And I guess she's drunk slash high enough now for her bath because they put her in and we get the lifetime edit of the week. Oh, man.
2: Okay, I'm ready.
0: Abigail um, pushes her head underwater and it flashes back to the opening scene where she's picking up the starfish. Okay. Um. It's very weird. It's so then it suddenly cuts. becomes very symbolic for me. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Then it, they sh- they cut back, and the sister's like, "Stop! Stop!" And I'm like, "Oh, thank God!" Right. Finally, somebody has a brain. No, no. But she's like, "You forgot to put on your gloves."
2: Oh. Okay. Thanks. And Good looking they, out.
0: So the research that they did shows that they need to hold their mother underwater for four minutes for her to drown.
1: Okay. Four minutes is a long ass time. And they show about three and a half minutes of footage here. So I'm so glad I didn't have to watch this movie. um, I would, I could not have handled it.
0: Abigail is holding her down and she isn't moving at first. So Beth goes out to take a call and then the mom starts to struggle Um, but Abigail keeps holding her down until she stops, uh, which is right when the four minute timer goes off. Um, she like rolls over in the bathtub and her eyes are open, but she's dead. And so the girls go out to dinner.
1: Oh, like you do. Well, it's exhausting and
0: you get famished
1: trying to murder somebody. It happens to me every time.
0: (laughs) Um... They're at dinner with their friends, and the younger sister is talking about how it's not like she thought it was going to be. It's not like it is in the movies, Um, and that she's, like, very, like, excited, and she's got, like, a big, like, kind of a high going. And Abigail starts freaking out, and she starts screaming, fuck you. Like, you left me there. I did this by myself. And then she runs out of the restaurant.
1: Probably not the reason to be fighting right now. Mm -hmm. Like – like, you just took an entire human life. But okay, let's fight over who did it.
0: Yeah. Um, they then... they So the, Beth follows her, and she says, everything's going to be fine. They just have to stick together. They go home and make the 911 call. Um, and the police tell them that she died. Abigail starts to giggle.
1: Oh. Um, look, I know that people... Um, deal with loss mourn that's the word mourn in different ways but
0: maybe don't giggle I don't know when I found out my grandfather died I did laugh because I just could not
1: <clears throat> I laughed at my grandfather's funeral like yeah. I I know like I said I know that's how different people grieve um, b- yeah. but
0: so um, there's you know cops everywhere one of the detectives has an eye patch which makes no difference I just wanted to point it out <laughs> very nice um, the girls are at their aunt's house and uh oh no sorry the before the cop that told them that their mom had died leaves she tells the detective with the eye patch that the medical examiner is ready to act, just conclude that it was accidental death by drowning oh okay glad you know so that. the girls are at their aunt's house um, a social worker is telling them how they've tried to reach the girl's father but he hasn't returned any of their calls.
1: Wait, so the social worker said that she's trying to call the dad? Well, yeah, go figure. That um, charming, kind, loving, open-hearted piece of shit wouldn't answer.
0: That's terrible. Like, your kid's mother has died, and you're just going to, like... He's got a new family now.
1: He can't worry about dead ex-wives.
0: She says that child services prefers that they live with someone until they turn 18, but they are legally old enough to live on their own. But the aunt has offered to take them in, so the girls are super excited about that. Okay. After the funeral, they're back at school, and um, they're very big celebrities now. Yay! Oh, okay.
1: Why don't teenagers understand how fame works? This is the ninth episode. I feel like I've had to yell this.
0: I know. Um, Abigail starts to drink a lot, um, and when a boy she has a crush on asks if she really killed her mom... She says, "Yeah, we popped a cap in her ass, which a did not happen, <laughs> and b, why do people do this? That's, if you murder someone, don't tell
1: anybody. we're not like we're not trying to tell criminals how to do their jobs, but don't tell anybody. God, keep telling people criminals, a, but also." If you want to get away with it, don't tell anybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, then she goes on to say that the sister didn't even help her. <laughs> <laughs> God, I fucking can't.
1: Well, um, if you popped a cap in her ass, you, it only takes one.
0: I guess. <laughs> um, so, then they're at another party, Abigail's drinking again. She does a beer bong and then wakes up on a playground with her head in the slide. Ah, oh,
1: high school. If I had a dollar for every time that happened.
0: Her sister pulls out, pulls her out of the slide and is like, you know, you remind me of mom before helping her clean up. Ooh, um, Ooh them yeah. fighting words. Um, Abigail is walking with Crush Boy who is talking about how great she is. And she says she's really not a good person. She, he says that she's just a person that's had a lot of bad stuff happen to her. She's not a bad person.
1: He's trying. Oh, poor guy. Um, Because she sucks.
0: He says he doesn't care if they're together. He will always care for her. And she once again confesses to killing her mother. Please At least me this me time he, like, she's
1: sober. Please tell me he like, saying Whitney Houston. Actually, I prefer the Dolly if I'm being honest. I will always love you while he's explaining no. that he's always going to have her back.
0: No. Um again, like she confesses to killing her mom, but at least she's sober this time. Um she then goes back to her aunt's house and gets in the bathtub and takes a bunch of pills. Um Excuse me, her sister finds the empty pill bottle and finds her and makes her throw up while abigail cries to please let her die
1: like abigail i don't mean to be an asshole right now but you kind of do remind me of your mother
0: yeah um she cries about how she well i think she's not dealing well with you know murdering someone
2: well then you clearly weren't old enough to do it
0: um she cries about how she did everything alone and her sister said she's sorry she wasn't there but they have to stop talking about it now um crush boy meanwhile calls the police and tells them what Abigail tells him told him um he stops by her house on his way back to school and he tells her he's sorry when she asks why he just says for everything okay she says it's okay and asks and he asks if she wants to go out for a drive. She gets in, and as she gets in, they zoom close on his shirt and he's wearing a wire. Ah she says he's acting weird and he asks about what she said before about her mom and then he parks in front of a dark van and she says oh don't lose any sleep over it. it's not like we'll ever do it again it's not like we're ted bundy or something
1: props to you for knowing who ted bundy is little girl
0: right so then we have police interviews um their girlfriend who literally helped the whole time says, hell's no, I didn't have anything to do with it. Those girls are pure sketch.
1: Oh man. A plus script writing.
0: Yeah. Um, Beth's boyfriend says, look, they lie for attention all the time. Um, and then they interview this other kid that Abigail had a crush on that she confessed to. Um, and, and, he says basically what they, you know, what she told him, and then so the eye patch detective is like, so none of you ever thought it might be your responsibility to pick up your the phone and report a possible murder. No joke. And they just like shake their heads, no. <laughs> um, they interviewers. Am I right? Yeah, they interview Beth, and she says that they lied about killing her. They were just messing around. The detective says that's a pretty sick thing to say. And she says, Well, we're pretty messed up. And there's a big difference between being a pathological liar and being a murderer. Yes. Abigail's um, in her interview freaking out, asking to see her sister. The detective says no because her sister is in a lot of trouble, which prompts Abigail to confess to so the whole thing.
1: Yikes.
0: We cut to court, and this, the lawyer requests house arrest until the trial because they were minors without an adult or an attorney present when they were questioned and because they were in a fragile emotional state. Okay. The judge agrees. And when the prosecutor kind of objects, he says um, that the way the officers behaved in this scenario was so awful that the prosecutor is lucky. He doesn't throw the whole case out of court.
2: Yikes.
0: Um, So they're going home, you know, like they go home, they're like going crazy because they're stuck at home. Um, and here comes iPatch detective with a search warrant for their computers. Oops.
2: Uh-oh. Better delete that group chat real quick.
0: At this point, um their girlfriend Ashley comes back to testify against them, and I'm assuming save her own ass.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: She whines to the prosecutor while looking up at him through her lashes. They only latched on to me because I'm so popular.
2: Oh no. Uh-uh. <laughs>
0: The boyfriend is offered a lighter sentence in exchange for his testimony, um, and I guess he accepts it because he does testify. Um, Crush Boy comes by the girl's house and tells them that he's he was the one uh, wearing the wire, and Abigail kisses Why? him.
1: Oh, that's what I do when people turn me in for murdering my mom.
0: Yeah. Um, the girls go to trial. Um, they show people testifying against them. They're found guilty of first-degree murder and received 10 years incarceration, which was the maximum um, allowed for juveniles. Okay. They show the girls being literally yanked apart by police and taken to jail. You don't have to show that. The judge's voiceover says that as a condition of their sentencing, they are not allowed to have any contact with each other for the next 10 years under any circumstances. Holy shit. Um, The ending text says... On June 30th, 2006, Sandra was sent to a federal women's penitentiary. Beth was sent to a youth detention center. As youth offenders, the sisters were eligible for parole or early release well before serving half of their 10-year terms. Beth was granted parole in er, in June of 2010. Sandra was released to a halfway house in July of 2009. Both Sandra and Beth are currently attending classes in university. Sandra intends to apply to law school because they were minors at the time of their, their offense. Their true identities will forever be protected. Yep. And that's that.
1: That was awful. Thank you for um, the worst 15 minutes I've had all week.
0: Well, I and I, I went through that fast. I'm sorry, guys. It was this was a rough one. I I told you I had to watch like a palate cleanser movie after this. Yeah. I could not handle it. It was it was bad. All right.
1: Um I don't want to Okay. So, uh at the top my sources are um the Wikipedia article The Murder of Linda Anderson. Mhm. And um a book called The Class Project, How to Kill a Mother, The True Story of Canada's Infamous Bathtub Girls.
0: And that is the book upon which this entire movie was based.
1: Okay. So, good um, job. Yeah. So I uh, I read the whole book yesterday and today. And um, by well, the was way. Was it a good one or no? It was all right. Um, it was very much a journalist writing a whole book. Mm-hmm. and not a novelist writing a book or even like a um non-fiction writer writing a whole book uh-huh. there's just a different approach to writing because journalism is kind of a a short form yeah approach you know totally. um and, but they tried to be creative with it and there are a couple mm-hmm. of things I want to read from like directly from the text okay and so you'll get that too but um cool. yeah so I will link those on our blog um but I remember first hearing about this case, and I told you this in the text, that it was either a My Favorite Murder or a Wine and Crime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, I feel like it was Wine and Crime.
0: I think it was, and I was, I've was i been trying to figure out which episode, so I could we could link to it on was the it blog. Was it Killer Kids? I don't know. I'm in that, I've got several I want to go back and see if it's that one. Yeah, so, I'll, so I'll do that later. Tonight. By the
1: time the notes are up on the blog, we will have figured out what episode it's in and linked to that as well. Correct.
0: All right. Um, and as
1: I said earlier, I couldn't cast this movie and really, um, I wrote, it would be very difficult to cast this movie as I don't know any of the characters in the awful story. Um, because the names, Linda, Sandra, Elizabeth, and then all the friends even are all fabricated to protect the identity of the girls Mm -hmm. who were minors at the time of the murder. The, Mm -hmm. The girl's real name were put under a publication ban by the crown and so these were all aliases that Bob Mitchell, who wrote the Class Project, came up with. Yes. Um and so yeah,
0: so this happened in Canada, so just
1: Right. Yeah. Um, so Linda Anderson was born on April fifteenth, nineteen fifty nine. I mm-hmm.
0: wrote fifteen ninety nine and I was like, damn <laughs> <laughs> bitch was old. <laughs> 1959 I guess when you're fully distilled in vodka you can live
1: a lot you're longer you're pickled <laughs> uh, uh, she was a single mom of three she had two daughters and a son mm-hmm. she was known to have an alcohol dependency and to suffer from depression
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and for much of my, her adult life she'd had to work two jobs to make ends meet mm-hmm. Um, she was known to like nearly buying per- drugs
0: is super expensive so yeah
1: she was known to nearly perpetually be drunk, like like she didn't go a single day without alcohol in her system. Um, wow. Yeah, and uh, but she denied her alcohol consumption. She said that she only drank socially, and she would actually like try to hide the bottles of liquor and and um, like beer in their house. She'd hide it from her kids so that they wouldn't know how much she drank. Wow. Um. She had two daughters, Sandra and Elizabeth, and, um, they called their father several times to tell him how bad their mother's drinking had, drinking had gotten and to ask him for help. And, um, I wrote being the charming asshole that he apparently was, he told them that if things were really that bad, why didn't they call the police? Or you're their dad. You, you could call the, the police. That's a, that's one. You could
0: go take your daughters out of an abusive household. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, this murder is terrible. And, but I feel like there, uh, there were a lot of systems that failed these girls before. Yeah. Which I'm not saying it was justified. I'm just saying that they were failed by a lot of things before they, you know, went this route, but. There were other things they could have done. Right.
1: Right. (laughs) We all know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so he. I don't want
0: to say that they were justified. I'm just saying I could kind of see where the 16 year old brain is like, okay, this is our only way. I
1: wear out of options, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so he had divorced Linda in the 1990s, like in the mid 90s, and she'd gotten custody of Elizabeth and Sandra. So he'd basically washed How? his hands of that family.
0: How? I'm going. Who to, are these people?
1: So I assume it's because she had a pretty well paying job, like she was a nurse. And so she had to have some kind of brain to be a nurse, like it wasn't like she was just a raging idiot, yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I bet you he didn't fight for custody, I bet he didn't care. um, that would be my thought is that he just didn't right. So after Sandra and Elizabeth's parents divorced, Linda Mm -hmm. entered a relationship with a man. um, And then I put in quotes named Doug Landers because none of these are real names. Um, (laughs) Linda's relationship with Landers was super abusive and it ended two years after it began when Doug put a knife to Linda's throat during one of their regular screaming arguments.
0: What the fuck?
1: Yeah. Um, and I think if I recall, because I was typing my notes without the book in front of me, that uh, Doug Landers was the father of Bobby, who was uh, Linda's youngest child. He was born when Sandra was 11. So okay. Sandra was 16 at the time of the murder and her little brother, was, her little sister was 15. Mm-hmm. And then the Bobby was five. So he was little. Um so, being the oldest, Sandra had taken on, like, the household duties at a young age. The um, the book even referred to her as Cinderella. And this is one of those times where it was clearly a journalist writing because it said, but there was no glass slipper in store for Sandra.
0: <sighs> <sighs> um. Stay in your lane, guys. <laughs>
1: so she cooked and cleaned and took care of the house while her mother was at work she raised her younger siblings she helped them with their homework um mm-hmm. and i mean she essentially became a surrogate parent
3: uh-huh.
1: um and then the and somebody got to raise the kids so the quote from the book one of the quotes from the book that i pulled said sandra told everybody how much she loved bobby but she later admitted to her probation of- probation officer that taking care of bobby cut into her drug time so, ah oh, well. I mean, there's just a lot of issues is what I'm telling you. Indeed, every summer Linda would send her children to Holland to visit her parents. Um, that doesn't sound so bad. No. Um, but the summer of 2002, however, right before Sandra's senior year, She decided that she didn't want to go. And what's the number one reason any 16-year-old girl doesn't want to do something? A boy? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I was a
0: 16-year-old girl once. I know the answer to that question.
1: Um, She was in love with a boy, and she had to stay home all summer to, quote, work on
0: him. (laughs) Let me tell you a story. So when I was a senior in high school, I was dating a boy who was m- much older than me I should not have been dating but that's neither here nor there um, and I did not go to my senior prom because he was away at um, basic training for the military and I didn't want to like go with somebody else. Oh my gosh
1: mm-hmm. do you do you regret that I hate to use the word regret
0: yes okay see I didn't really okay. care about my senior prom. I didn't care. I just, I think it was, I think the my reasoning for not going was very misguided. And that's, that's why I regret it. Yeah. That's
1: fair. It uh,
0: wasn't because, like, I didn't not go because I was like, well, this is, you know, fuck, this is dumb. I, I didn't go strictly because right. of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, my parents, my parents told me I would always regret it if I didn't go. And I, right now, as I, I say that I wouldn't have, but it's because I would have come up with, like, I didn't want to go because I was an emo kid who hated everybody. Um and I had fun when I went. I took one of my friends, uh Tiffany had been my neighbor growing up and she and I had played prom together when we were little. Oh, uh, she was my best friend's cousin and so he had to be our limo driver because she couldn't take her cousin to prom. So <laughs> <laughs> So I thought it would be fun to invite her to my senior prom since That's
0: cute. we played yeah. prom well, a and I'm not saying I didn't have a good time that night. My friend and I did get like super dressed up and go out to dinner. So that was fun. That's but, fun. Yeah. We went downtown, which is, you know, yeah. it's not something I, I, you know, do a lot. So
1: Right. Anyway.
2: So, it all
0: turned out fine. So because of a boy and
1: having to get him to fall in love with her back, she couldn't go to Holland. She refused. And her
0: and her mom thought about it a lot. <laughs> Now that's something I would regret. Yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially if I ended up in jail like the next year. So
1: <laughs> Linda's drinking was worsening at this point, And she was dealing with the realization that this relationship she thought she was in was not a serious relationship. She mm-hmm. was seeing this attorney from their town. Um, and he was 20 years older than her. And she thought they had like this this actual relationship going and he just basically called her up anytime he was horny. Um, sure. So she got really depressed over that and started drinking more and more. Um, and then, um, it started to affect her professional life. And as I mentioned earlier, she was a nurse and Mm -hmm. she started calling in a lot. And then sometimes she just wouldn't show up without calling or, you know, would have no explanation. Um, and her coworkers started reporting that they could smell alcohol on her breath when she was at work. And so eventually she was just let go.
0: Um, yeah, so we had an interesting conversation in the group chat this week. I mean, you were there, but <laughs> um, we were talking about... Um, now,
1: our group chat drinking, is also called How to Kill Your Mother with a UR.
0: It, It's not. No, it's not. Don't lie. Um, so our group chat of our, like, little like our little core friends um because Anna our friend has a tap in her office now
1: yeah I'm we so jealous about,
0: about drinking on the job and so I know in my industry it's kind of a, it's kind of still a thing um it hang it hangs around like I have worked in my adult life at a company that had like parameters on how much you could drink while you were on the clock I
1: teach middle school
0: yeah, you're not allowed to drink, but you should be.
1: <laughs> there should be a tap some days.
0: But I'm going to say, like, doctors, um, first responders, like, any anything where you have to, like, put a needle in somebody, you should probably not drink on the job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. Yes. Which is why I also agree teachers should not, because we are in charge of many, many lives. And I have asked my principal for a margarita machine in that front office several times.
0: <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Couldn't y'all, like, save it for when school lets out on a Friday and then just have it ready to go?
1: Well, we do tend to, after hard weeks, we call it a faculty meeting and we go to (laughs) half-off margaritas. There you go. (laughs) That's the way to do it. Um, In any case, so she was let go. And while she'd been working and Sandra was at home... Linda would call incessantly. She'd call and check in on Sandra like every 30 minutes.
0: Oh, my mother does
1: this. And so... Um, it is annoying as fuck. Sandra was already pissed off about that. But then her mom lost her job and she was home with her all day.
0: I get it, girl. I get it. <laughs> my mom will like... um. If you don't answer the phone, she'll just call back until you answer.
1: Um, One time, it was the summer after my freshman year of college, I was working and my phone died and I wound up taking someone else's shift at the end of mine. So I was working a double shift Mm -hmm. and I hadn't called them and told them and my phone died. So I had been living on my own for a year at this point. It just didn't even occur to me to call home, you know.
0: Even when I lived four hours away, my mother would have shown up and been yeah. like, uh, "Excuse me."
1: Um, the voicemails progressively started like, "Hey, Paul, just trying to get in touch with you. Haven't heard from you." And then we're like, "Paul Randall, I need you to answer this phone now." And then went through the whole spectrum of emotion. Paul Randall Adams, pick up this damn phone right now. And then, like the last one, was like her crying, like,
0: "You must be dead somewhere." <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. Did one or both of your parents ever leave you the message, I pay for this phone, and by God, you'll answer it?
1: Yes. (laughs) When I first started driving, I was 17, and I would not talk on the phone while I was driving.
0: You were way ahead of your time. (laughs) Right.
1: I would not answer the phone while I was driving. I would have to pull over and answer if she called because the voicemail inevitably was, I pay for this phone, you're going to answer. Uh
0: (laughs) Uh-huh. Yep so anyway so So that was our childhood in a nutshell (laughs) tell me about this girl
1: now linda is stuck in sandra's crawl all day because she's got nothing else and bobby's grandparents like linda's parents sent bobby home early um and so now sandra had instead of spending all magical summer with this boy her boyfriend had to take care of her mom and her little brother and so then eventually beth comes home Mm-hmm. And um, her and Linda's drinking has gotten like way out of hand. Okay. She um, she would start drinking early in the morning, like at breakfast time, and she Dude. she would just drink until she passed out on the living room couch around lunchtime.
0: That's wild. Yeah, like in the scope of like drinking, like I, for I me, mean, for a southern woman, I don't drink that as much. Is a lot of people I know, but I mean, I'm a moderate drinker and I, I could not get up and like pour myself a glass of vodka for breakfast. No. Like like I have limits. Right.
1: (laughs) Well, we're in the South. That's why we established the Bloody Mary, which is just a waste of alcohol because I don't like tomato juice, but. I
0: hate Bloody Mary, so I can't even do that.
1: Thank God for mimosas. (laughs) Right. Oh. But
0: even then, like it has to be like 10 or 11. Right. I have... To, for me to crack open something at 10 o'clock in the morning, it has to be brunch or I have to be floating the river. Yeah. That's it. Yep.
1: Um. Anyway, so she would pass out on the couch, and sometimes she was, like, not even fully clothed, passed out on the couch, and Bobby would come down or, like, come out of his room and find her why? passing out on
0: the couch. Why? Is she, why does she not have clothes on? I, it doesn't say.
1: Doesn't. I'm in the middle of East Texas today. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why doesn't she have clothes? On? <laughs> um I and I'll also say I don't generally take my clothes off when I drink. I mean unless there's a reason. Well, she's drinking first thing in the morning, so it sounds like she just never got dressed. She's like she started to get dressed and stopped like halfway through because right. she forgot.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I
1: have been there a couple of times, <laughs> but not on the regular.
0: I haven't. I feel very accomplished, now. My um the I've only been
1: like shit faced a couple of times in my life. But, well now I feel unaccomplished. But one of them I can remember everything about that night except there is like a ten minute span of time where I know I took my pants off. I was still in my <laughs> underwear, but I don't know why or when I decided to take my pants off. <laughs> and it was just me and my best friend Lindsay, and to this day neither she doesn't remember most of that night um but to this day neither of us can figure out when or why i decided i needed to take my pants off in the backyard
0: now i do i do have a penchant for getting drunk and taking off my shoes and leaving them places but that's (laughs) as far as it gets um anyway i do i will take off my shoes because i if I had the choice, I would never wear shoes again. And I so that's shoes. the first thing to go is like, I'm like, "Fuck this. I'm taking my shoes off. Even if they're flats, it doesn't matter. I will take my shoes off, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so Sandra had recently become very popular at school. And she'd been a like an introvert and she was always kind of embarrassed of her family and of her lifestyle. So she hadn't... You can't imagine why. Right. So she hadn't ventured out to make many friends. So she finally had become popular. She was surrounding herself with this large group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um... And she'd wanted to spend a lot of her summer with them, but she often, like, spoke of her resentment of having to deal with her family, and she enjoyed being friends with the class of people she was hanging out with, um, because they grew up on the other side of the tracks. As the uh, book put yes. it um, they lived in big houses they wore nice clothes they um, their home always had food Cassandra and Beth off, like would come home and there'd be no food in their house sometimes mm. um, and and a lot of their friends had or a lot of her friends had swimming pools and she was jealous that while her mom was jobless they were poor and all of their friends seemed to have like this endless supply of money.
0: Yeah. Um, I read an article this week on BuzzFeed about like 25 things your rich friend always had in their house. And I read it and we were not super wealthy when I was growing up, but we had most of those things. And I I sent it to my friend and I was like, I feel very attacked right now. Um, I don't feel like I was the rich friend, but
1: I read that list. And if you had all those things, I would have thought of you as the rich friend.
0: Oh, thank you. So I'm not rich. spoiler alert i'm not rich (laughs) in any case um
1: so she decided that she was going to fix their money situation okay just how is she going to do that you know she got a summer job that paid well okay or she um was going to murder her mom and stage it to look like an accidental drowning Right. so That sounds more like it. So they can inherit her life insurance money. And seriously, can we just, like, start pretending life insurance doesn't exist? Or, like, can the whole planet just say you don't have life insurance? That way, if you don't actually have life insurance, your family's not surprised. And if you do have life insurance, it's just a happy little surprise.
0: They should start treating it, like, last week we talked about the kidnap and ransom policies that are, like, top secret. That's how they should treat it. Yeah. like Although... uh, it's kind of different because sometimes you use life insurance. as like collateral for like a mortgage or something
1: like that. Well, we're going to have to change that rule too. Cause listen, your kid's going to kill you <laughs> because there's this one. And then there's like, do you remember? Oh my, the case that has freaked me out the most is the one, um, the girl who, uh, staged a home invasion and they killed her mom, but her dad survived And do you know which one I'm talking about? The Japanese girl. Yeah, she'd been lying and saying she was going to college and all that. Yeah. That one. Also, there was like this life insurance issue. Now,
0: I feel like culture appropriation. They were either Japanese or Chinese. That's a real thing. I can't remember which one, though. They were
1: Asian-Canadian, but I don't remember which. Yeah,
0: I can't either. But it was like her family was like very big on her going to like an Ivy League school. And so she just lied. And then she had her family murdered yeah and then her dad survived yeah yeah so your kids are i remember like reading about her dad like waking up and realizing his entire family was dead and that his daughter had yep yep that's terrible
1: um so your kids are going to kill you if they think you have life insurance so just lie if you have it just lie and be like nope kids you're gonna have to pay for my burial (laughs) i've been i've been carrying your ass my entire life you can carry me now
0: right so (laughs) Um, advice from Paul I Adams, brought you yeah. into this world if you take me out of it you're gonna have to pay <laughs> so
1: um, anyway when Beth returned from Holland that summer she and Sandra started to formulate their plan and they just did several internet searches on ways to kill your mom I mean like you do and this is 2003 so it might have been the early days of Google but I feel like no, that was an AOL Google search wasn't a thing yet. Okay. yeah God, AOL search or ask Jeeves dot com. How do you kill oh, your mom? Ask Jeeves.
0: Oh, man. Yahoo. <laughs> after- now they could actually uh justify having a Yahoo email address. Those people from last week, no. <laughs>
1: after-, after coming up with what they thought was the perfect plan, they shared their plans with their friends. And one friend, uh, a guy who I think was the The boyfriend in this, like Mm -hmm. in your version, um, offered to provide an alibi and to provide them with Tylenol-3 tablets so they could drug their mom.
0: Cool. Well, I like super pinched a nerve this week. So if anybody has some Tylenol-3 tablets for me, (laughs) that'd Um, be awesome.
1: I know someone who does. You have to go see your doctor first and they'll give you the secret passcode to the (laughs) CVS.
0: And you take it to CVS and they give it to you. It's crazy. And
1: then you just have to give them the secret code, which is the PIN number on your debit card. And they give you, <laughs> they give you time all three. It's amazing.
0: Yay, America.
1: <laughs> the um, So her friends, or their friends, all help, agreed to help with the alibi. Mm-hmm. And they agreed to go to Jack
0: Astor's, which is a restaurant, for dinner immediately after the murder and hang out for a few hours. So in the restaurant, or in the... In the restaurant in the movie, the restaurant was called Jack Russell's.
1: That's funny. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and they so they're going to go there immediately after the murder and hang out for a few hours, and then the girls would come home and discover their dead mother. Sure. And so um, Bobby went away to his dad's house, and the girls had a weekend home alone with their mom.
0: I mean, this all seems very well thought out. I can't imagine what went wrong.
1: I don't know. Um, so beginning at lunchtime on January 18th, 2003, Sandra and Beth began giving their mother liquor in order to get her drunk. Mm-hmm. And their plan was to give her, make her drunk enough so that she couldn't fight them off. And then they also gave her six Tylenol 3 tablets nice. <laughs> um, and to slow down her heartbeat And so while they were waiting... I'm not sure I would
0: survive if I took six (sighs) Tylenol-3 tablets.
1: Well, she didn't, so...
0: (laughs) Right, but I mean, without Without holding me underwater for four minutes or whatever. Um, I just mean, if I just took six Tylenol-3s with no alcohol and no bath afterwards, like, I can't imagine whether I would survive or not. I don't know. um,
1: While waiting... For all uh, the drugs and alcohol to take effect, they mm-hmm. logged into MSN Messenger. <sighs> <laughs> and, At least it was an AIM. Right? But if that doesn't date this story, I don't know what does. Right? And they began messaging their friends. And then here's where I get to talk about Beth, who was 15 and she was a girl after my heart. Okay. She, um, I imagine her, and this is why I thought it was so funny that you said she dyed her hair black. Uh Because I wrote, I imagine her with black jelly bracelets on and bangs in front of her eyes.
0: Kind of nailed it, Uh, but not exactly. And then I said, she probably, and this is, you said something
1: about her looking like a vampire. And Mm -hmm. I said, she probably longed for a set of custom fit vampire teeth if I had to. Uh, venture a guess. (laughs) And I'm only saying this based on my own personal experience because I I was definitely an emo kid in school. And I listened...
0: I really cannot picture you as like an emo kid. Oh, yeah.
1: All black. I listened to sad music all the time. I hated the world. Everything was against me. Um, And so Beth's messenger name was Dearly Departed, and I'm sure some numbers after that. And... The, I can't. The about me section just said, screw the world. <laughs> I mean, I'm on board with that. <laughs> and that's why I know that I would have had the hots for Beth. I would have been all up in that Kool-Aid. <laughs>
2: Except my dad
1: was a cop. So in 2003, so I would not have been involved in the how to kill your
0: mother portion of the night. No. Um. Although maybe you should have been, cause maybe your dad could have made the whole thing go away.
1: No, no, he wouldn't have. so she uh she left her msn messenger like logged on after she Mm -hmm. was done and sandra got on underneath her account and started messaging her best friend ashley who was you because her username was southern dream oh that is me (laughs) (laughs) um and so ashley did i go to jail for this murder (laughs) ashley i don't remember (laughs) no
0: i i don't think actually went she testified against them oh sure right right that was that time <laughs> i had to go to court i remember now
1: so Fuck. they uh they use their emerson or they use their like chat to confirm all of the details of that night and like that they're going to meet
0: up you dumb motherfuckers
1: so <laughs> ashley began asking all kinds of questions to really like confirm that sandra had actually thought everything through and it wasn't like are you sure you want to do this it's like tell me how you're going to do this because if you get caught then i'll be implicated too and i can't be an accessory to the crime especially if all this is on my computer (laughs) she's asking her seven thousand questions about like what she plans to do and on a phone (laughs) or she's don't be involved that's a better one
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming at this point they're all committed to the cause. Just get on the fucking phone. Jeez. And then I said, because teenagers
1: are brilliant, and thankfully because teenagers are brilliant, Ashley and Sandra rehashed literally the entire plan over Emerson Messenger. And then Sandra said she needed to go, and Ashley asked just a few more questions, especially about the Tylenol three they'd given their mom. And then here's the like writing from the book that... Mm-hmm. I highlighted and I I just typed what the fuck on my Kindle. Oh, goody. Um, They have codeine in them, Sandra typed, and alcohol intensifies the effect. How is she right now? Ashley asked. Passing out, Sandra replied. Like, barely moving? Ashley asked. And then Ashley gave her best friend one more bit of advice. Well, good luck. Wear gloves, Ashley typed.
0: The more we do these teen crimes, the more I realize that I had a pretty normal childhood. I was concerned about boys and about makeup and about dance practice and about, like, only eating a thousand calories per day, plus or minus. Oh,
2: my God. So,
0: like, compared to murdering someone, that's pretty old hat. Right.
1: Um. I just lived out in the middle of fucking nowhere, so I had no one to murder, and I damn sure wasn't going to murder my mom, because she would have killed me.
0: Well, I hope you're not going to marry your mom either. (laughs) I hate you. I was hoping that would go unnoticed. This has devolved so far
1: and so fast. (laughs) So anyway, after this conversation, Sandra and Beth filled the bathtub. You know, because Linda looked like she needed a bath.
0: Something Did they have, like, a, a garden tub, like I'm going to have in three weeks, that I'm very much looking forward to? I Probably. There's a garden tub. They lit candles everywhere and ran her a bubble bath.
1: because sure, Right. Sure. A lush bath bomb. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I'm on
1: board. <laughs> um, and they took Linda to the bathroom so that she could get washed up. And she had difficulty getting into the bathtub. I can't imagine why.
0: So... In the movie, when they drown their mother, she's still wearing her nightie. No, that does not seem the case in this story. Okay.
1: Um, But I don't know that answer. Okay. Uh, in fact, I'm going to guess that no, because they mentioned that they wore gloves because they didn't want their
0: fingerprints to rub off on her skin. Right. Because her skin her bruises the- really easy. Yeah, they held her over the back of her head or neck, but she still had like a nighty like a... Well, they
1: actually massaged her in the bathtub, and so that's why I think... Figured- massage her? Yep. <laughs> For why? Because she... All that coating makes you stressed. <laughs> I feel like if I took that much coating, the last thing I would be was stressed. <laughs> um, so... Let's see. We got ahead. Linda had difficulty getting to the bathtub because of all the vodka and pills she'd been given. So Sandra and Beth put on gloves and gave her a massage. And then within minutes, according to police reports, Sandra instructed her mother to lie on her stomach so she could scrub her back.
0: Don't do that.
1: Sandra instantly pushed her mother's head down and did not let go. After four minutes, Sandra released her mother's head and found Linda to be dead. After having killed their mother, they went out to Jack Astor's to eat and celebrated their victory. Um, And then they were like, they hung out for a little bit and smoked some pot together. And Ashley told them, Ashley was like, maybe you shouldn't smoke pot tonight because if the cops question you and you're high, that's not going to look good. And she was like, no, it's fine. They're going to find my mom dead, not me. Like, it was like very blasé.
0: (laughs) Right, so they're not going to be questioning your mom because she's dead. Um, so uh, I don't understand that line uh, of thought, but okay.
1: It's called being 16. Oh, sure it's, sure. it's a rare disease that everyone gets for exactly one year.
0: <laughs> um,
1: later that night, they came home and called 911 and said that they'd found their mom lying in a bathtub. So the 911 operator told Sandra and Beth to pull her mom like pull their mom out of the bathtub and give her CPR. Mm-hmm. And um it just like all I saw was that they said that she couldn't be resuscitated, but I don't know if they actually like pretended to do CPR or if they actually did CPR to go with it or what, but they're just crying and saying she can't be resuscitated. And so the police arrived and believed them. Right the cause of death was determined to be drowning an analysis of her bodily fluids disclosed very high levels of alcohol and I did some research they found um, like 400 milligrams per mill- per 100 milliliters of bro- blood that's a lot
0: okay what does that translate to for BAC? So 80
1: milligrams would be a 0.08 okay so this would be a 0.4.
0: Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, by all accounts, she maybe did die of alcohol poisoning. The research I did said that that blood alcohol Holy level alone crap.
1: could have led to shallow breathing, a possible coma, and a very likely death.
0: Oh my goodness. That's so much. Yeah. Alcohol. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. Yikes.
1: She was so conscious? I have no idea. How? <laughs> they they gave her an entire bottle of vodka over the course of the day. <sighs> but also, isn't... It- Like, I get to a point, the night that I took my pants off, Lindsay and I shared a bottle of Bananas 99, and there came a point where even our drunk asses were like, we cannot touch this anymore. A bottle of what? (laughs) Bananas 99. What the fuck is that? It's a banana liqueur. Um, It's very, very strong. And so what had happened was we ran out of everything else. (laughs) And that's all that was left. We were all okay. at our asses drunk, but it still would not have been an entire bottle between the two of us. Because there was a point where we were both like, we got to stop. Like,
0: Well, I feel like even then, like at some point, you're going to start vomiting. Right. Because your body... I guess... It's going to be like, I'm going to die if I don't get this alcohol out of me.
1: Right? I don't know. Let's see. Hey, Dr. Sarah!
0: <laughs> she has no time for our bullshit. Oh, she's cooking dinner. She's making mm. homemade chicken pot pie. Guess who's m- cooking me dinner right now?
1: Um, if you can get over here in thirty minutes, Doctor Sarah.
0: Nope, no, nobody. <laughs> uh, I have to cook my own fucking dinner. So, like a peasant. Uh I so I don't know the answer
1: to that. My uh encyclopedia is has decided that feeding me is more important than answering all of your questions, loyal listeners. <laughs>
0: I just I just assume at some point you are gonna start throwing up. Well, I
1: wonder if the codeine relaxes it enough that you don't have a vomitous reaction. Like if you don't have that reflex.
0: So mm, I don't know.
1: Um so they got away with it for a while um but finally on January 24th to I mean January 21st 2004 uh-huh. um they were arrested the victim's death had originally been considered um accidental but then uh, uh a young man like a like a 17 year old guy I wrote mm-hmm. young male because I was being real proper um yeah. went to the police and told them that, um, one of the sisters had confessed to him at a party that she and her sister had killed their mother.
0: Oh, my God. If you kill somebody, don't tell anyone. God. <laughs> Following his report,
1: a car was provided to him and it was wired for audio and video. Okay. And, um, under, like, official jurisdiction or authorization, I mean, judicial authorization, he, uh he got her in the car and he questioned her about, um, the, her role in her mom's death. And mm-hmm. she just like spilled like very proudly. Yeah. And we're going to inherit $70,000 a piece now, but since it was an accidental death, it may actually be doubled.
0: I look at the terms of my life insurance, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if they're going to double it in the event that I accidentally die, I, then I can lower it. <laughs> well, and additionally... Because I'm not planning on dying of natural causes for a really long time. Well, so. and
1: additionally, I feel like
0: any death is accidental.
1: You're not planning it that day.
0: Well, but... Okay, I know. I know. If you die from a disease, that's different than... Right,
1: than dying in a car accident. If you
0: trip and fall down the stairs or whatever. Right. Um, or drown in a bathtub. So with your point four alcohol. God. Um, just so, thinking about drinking that much Falcon makes me want to throw up a little.
1: Actually, sorry, I misread. Um, he didn't just have the one sister. He got both of them in the car, and he asked all the details, and they both okay. spilled. So, okay. um, so I'm Sand- still stuck on
0: the point four back right. here. I just can't.
1: Oh, okay. Sandra and Beth were subsequently arrested. They were tried and they were sentenced to ten years in prison for first degree murder. Okay. Um, they were separated. Like you mentioned, one went to a, um, like a federal prison and one went to a juvenile holding center. Okay. Um, and, um, the younger one was released in two thousand nine, and the older one in two thousand ten.
0: Okay.
1: Um, no, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, the, the I older think it's one was. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you're There's Doctor Sarah? I'm
3: looking for.
1: Um, there's some underneath my foot, but there's also a bottle on my bookshelf. But I have an important question since you're in here. Okay. Hi, Sarah.
3: Uh, hey.
1: Um, <laughs> would you like one of the earpieces? Uh,
3: this is this kind of question? Oh yeah,
1: we're recording. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, if somebody gives you enough alcohol that your blood alcohol level is a 0. .4 that's a shit ton of alcohol.
3: How do you not stop throwing it up immediately? Some people don't vomit alcohol. Like, not everybody has that. So when, Especially especially if you get... I mean, it just depends on over how long it was given to you. So it's given and, in the
1: course of the day, and they also gave her Tylenol with codeine in it. Would that have had an effect on not vomiting?
3: Uh... It probably just would have made her so sleepy, like the combo would have made her so sleepy that she may not have vomited. Or if she vomited, it was, you know, not large amounts that she was in control of. But oh. you really shouldn't mix Tylenol and alcohol. They were That's trying to kill really their mom. Really bad yeah, idea. they were
0: trying to kill her. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that was the idea.
3: <laughs> okay, well then, if, like, if you were trying to kill someone, then you, good thought, but you should probably not kill people
1: (laughs) i don't know if you know what i do in this room for two (laughs) hours every sunday but we talk about true crime typically murder
3: yeah um so yeah i mean depending on if it was given in small quantities over a large period over a long period of time uh she may not have vomited some people don't vomit but you know some people don't don't have that particular reaction to getting drunk
1: all right that was uh my main question but yeah ibuprofen is on the bookshelf by my bed thank
0: you you're welcome there's chicken pot pie in the kitchen
1: yeah you're the best thank you i love how you
0: guys match that's so adorable we match all the
1: time (laughs) like neither of us got dressed in the same room this morning and we'll regularly used to um I would go to church and then come back home and pick her up because I'd go play my instrument at the early mm-hmm. service. And when I'd come to pick her up for Sunday school, we'd be wearing matching clothes, and she would have been asleep when I left the house. Like, Aww, we unintentionally match all meant the time. To be anyway, so that's why she didn't throw
0: <laughs> up. Um, I just, <laughs> so, yes. I can't wrap my brain around drinking that much and not throwing up.
2: No, me
1: neither.
0: And having to still be drowned because I didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so... It's all I, very
1: confusing for me. <laughs> the biggest reason they wanted her to drown is because if she would just drank and take taken pills, it would have looked like she'd drank herself to death, which would not have been an accidental death at that point.
0: Right, and that's... You, you're flirting with suicide there. Yeah.
1: Right. So, that's why they had to make sure They she would have wrapped. they would
0: Well, and they could even appeal that decision, but they would have had to go to court and like
1: not be <sighs> fucking idiot 16-year-olds. Yeah. Um anyway, so yeah, as I said, the the older sister Sandra was released to a halfway house in 2009, mm-hmm. and then Beth, the younger one, was released a year later. And okay. uh, the father tried to get Beth to be released earlier so that she could finish the rest of her sentence under house arrest in their hometown. Um, okay. But they did not approve that. Okay. And so, as I said at the top, is of there course, a reason
0: why the older one was released before the younger one? Cause I feel like that's odd.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Okay. And it might've said that in the book, but, Admittedly, I stopped reading right around, like right toward the end, which would have explained this. Okay. Um, so, um, the, uh, like I said, since they were both under 18 at the time of the murder, their identities have been protected under Canadian law and will remain a secret. Um, however, a couple of things are known, like that Sandra wants to pursue a career in law and that she was accepted to the University of Waterloo with a $2,000 scholarship and that Beth went to Ottawa and mm-hmm. wanted to apply for university there. So I'm sure if I dug just a little bit, I could come up with their identities. But I want Canada to still like me. So I'm not going to do that digging.
0: Well, and it, it's just, it's not necessary. right? I, I mean, they did what they did. They're out now. They're, it seems like they're trying to make productive citizens of themselves. There's no reason but like out them as right. who they are,
1: you know. And um the book did have a couple of letters they wrote that I wanted to read uh or just parts of. Okay. Um, so Sandra wrote this to um the judge um At the end of her... Or at some point during her incarceration. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, I am responsible for the deliberate murder of my mother, Linda Anderson. I am no longer afraid of the truth. Taking my mother's life was the gravest and most defining mistake of my existence. Mm -hmm. Her death has affected more people than I thought possible. Um, And then she said... Um, at 16, I was relatively mature for my age, but my judgment was woefully underdeveloped and Mm -hmm. sometimes delusional. I was hurt and I was selfish. I made quick decisions with serious and permanent consequences. I came to be a walking textbook of mistakes. Thank God I learned from them, albeit painfully and slowly. Oh. Um, and then she talked about kind of how good for her the intervention of the justice system was for her. Okay. Um. And then, um...
0: That's interesting. This is the second time Gypsy Rose Blanchard being the first time that they, like, you have young teenage girls going to prison. Well, Gypsy Rose was a little bit older, but teenage, like, girls going to prison and doing better yeah, than they were at home.
1: Um... And then Beth's letter said No matter what I do I can't change the past The only thing I can do Is get up every morning And try to help As many people as possible To spread as much love As possible Because in my mind That's the only true reason For living I, I want to be able To help others Not make the same mistakes I did No one should suffer The way my mother Brother Sister and I have The worst Aww. part Is that children Go through so much more pain Than I And they still don't Resort to murder I need help I'm not the same person I was three and a half years ago, but I still need help. The
0: mm-hmm. person
1: that I am now wouldn't give someone a dirty look alone, uh, a dirty look, let alone go out of the way to hurt them. I feel sick at the thought of taking someone else's life. I feel sick at the thought of what I've done. Um, and so um, her letter actually asks for some more counseling and, um, and help for her mental health. Okay. Um, and, um she actually she asked to go there in September of that year and receive some counseling before she's accepted back into society okay um which shows a, a lot of maturity yeah and so uh, I really do hope that they are having an okay life and that their family finds a way to heal yeah at, at least a little bit yeah I
0: think yeah it's it's really sad the whole thing is just sad yeah okay yeah so that was real fucking depressing okay.
1: at least a couple of really good stories came up to break the tension yeah <clears throat> all right so um what are we watching next week
0: well do you want to do that first or some real life oh yeah stories? okay let's
1: let's do some real life stories You you go go first. first. No, you go first. No, you. No, you. (laughs) Um, Mine's really good. Okay. No, I think mine is better, but okay, I'll go first. (laughs) So um, when my dad was little, Mm
0: -hmm. his
1: oldest brother was murdered. Oh, wow. At work. And um, my family was very poor. And so they could only get, like, public attorneys to try to take on the case. And the um, company that he worked for put a lot of money in covering it up. Okay. Um, To the point of the employees at this company were told that if they spoke to anybody, they would lose their jobs. And this was, like, in the 70s. so.
0: Yeah, that's not legal anymore. No. I mean, I don't think
1: it was really legal then, but it's much more prosecutable now. Right. Um, and so um I w- would like to see the story of my uncle Danny. Um because he was incredible. He was the only other person in my family to go to college. It was me and him. He was a month away from graduating with his MBA and he was a month away from getting married. Mm-hmm. And um, the stories I've heard about him are incredible, mm-hmm. and uh, I think there's that whole kind of espionage behind it of sure. corp- yeah. corp- the corporation trying to cover it to cover their yeah. tracks that would be so interesting and kind that's of a salacious. good angle.
0: Yeah, that's a good angle. So yeah, the my family member who was murdered. There's already a movie about it, so right. I never used that one. <laughs> um. But I did um, want to ta- I was reading Vanity Fair. Actually, I was going to do a different Vanity Fair article, but I chose this one instead. Um, I was going to do Anna Delvey, but uh, I, there there is going to be a like a well, it's going to be a docu series by but Shonda Rhimes producing it. It's going to be amazing. Oh wow, yeah, about Anna Delvey. So um, look for that. She cray. Um, so what I did instead. There is a Chinese – she's the most famous actress in China. Her name is Fan Bingbing. She was in – actually, on the state side, she was in X-Men, the last oh, X-Men movie. Okay, She played Blink. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So in 2018, in June of 2018 – she was accused by a TV or a reporter slash TV host of misrepresenting her pay for an upcoming film uh, in order to escape tax, having to pay taxes on what she was actually paid. Okay. In July of 2018, about a month or so after the accusation came out, she disappeared. Oh. Um, she was gone without a trace. Nobody heard from her, saw her, et cetera until suddenly on October 3rd, 2018, she reemerged. What? According to the South China Morning Post, she had been held under a form of detention known as, quote, resident- residential surveillance, which makes it legal for the secret police of China to detain anyone charged with endangering state security or committing corruption and hold them for up to six months with no access to attorneys or family members.
1: Holy fuck.
0: After her release, she made the following apology on social media quote, today I'm facing enormous fears and worries over the mistakes I made. I have failed the country society, support and trust and the love of my devoted fans. I offer my sincere apology here. Once again, again, I beg for everyone's forgiveness. She concluded this apology with a reference to a popular Chinese song from the 1950s, Quote, "Without the party and the state, without the love of the people, there would have been no fan bing bing." Oh and
1: my
2: the God. we
0: will link to the full Vanity Fair article um on the blog. It's riveting.
1: Oh my gosh, I can't wait to read it.
0: It's so good. I was like it was one o'clock in the morning and I was falling asleep but I was like I have to finish this I cannot wait to finish this (laughs) and y'all this is the worst part of this podcast is when Erin finds
1: shit like that she saves it so she can't spoil it for me because you would have sent that the minute you found it otherwise (laughs) I
0: would have it's so interesting I think the whole thing and basically they're using her as an example and they have put out to the rest of China, um, their actors, their production houses, etc., to pay all the bad taxes that are the back taxes that they owe from um, reporting false numbers. And so far they've collected like a billion dollars. Oh, my God. Because <sighs> they're a communist country and they can just come and they've done this several other, other times to so people that run production houses now, like since she was the first. But um, they've gone and, and they're taking people into custody Oh my and gosh. They just basically kidnap you, you disappear. Yeah, it's nuts. Holy shit. And also like the it's interesting too because the Chinese like in China the um the sentence used to be it used to be punishable by death to uh misrepresent your taxes. Right. So I just I thought it was a really interesting story. I think it'd make a really good major motion picture, but
1: absolutely. I
0: mean, we'll leave it for a lifetime, too. So right,
1: <laughs> I want to report on it. Yeah. Um, all
0: right. Yeah. So next week, I'm super excited. I'm really hoping this movie is going to be completely bonkers. And it's at least something I know about. So I know what I'm getting into. We're watching Manson's Lost Girls.
1: Yes, we are.
0: I love Colts. Yeah, so we'll do that next week. Hopefully, it won't be so horribly depressing.
1: Yeah, I yeah mean, I will tell you Manson's now. i for being a bag of sunshine.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna like click the old fast forward on the part where he, you know, Sharon and gets murdered because that.
1: Yeah. Is rough. yeah. Yeah.
0: But. All right. At least, at least, Manson is a complete nutbag. Right. So.
1: <laughs>
2: Um, we can
0: make fun of him a lot. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, so hey, um hey guys, don't forget to rate and review and subscribe. Yes. Um it really does help us out um since um since we had appeared on wine and crime, we definitely have seen an uptick in like search results and we are mm-hmm. climbing those charts and let's just keep climbing because yeah, I, I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome to know that people are listening and every time we're getting better and we're doing things to make things better for y'all. Um So let's just grow together.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, go hit the rate and review button. That is how, if you're on Apple podcasts, that is how they, um, Determine like search order and featured podcasts and things like that. So that would really help us out.
1: Yeah. Like the magical doobly-doo makes us look better when you do that. Yeah,
0: it does. Um, and follow us on the social media. We're trying to get more active. We've got some things coming. So you should see that. Um, we're at Lifetime Sentence on um, Instagram at Life Sentence Pod on Twitter.
1: We are. You can email us at lifetimesentencepodcast at gmail dot com, and mm-hmm. you can find our blog where we post links and show notes at lifetimesentencepod
0: Yeah. So yeah, let's do this again next week. Yeah. And hopefully not be so sad and depressed. Right.
1: <laughs> All right. Have a good night.
0: You too. Bye.
1: Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.